answer the bell. Now let's go. Welcome in to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton, and coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Excited to be with you guys today. Mo, wearing the red. It's, it's, it's not Sunday. It's not Friday. And it's not Friday. But Man, I miss the red Fridays. Those red jerseys were so great. But I like the City Connects better, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can't have both, apparently. Can't have both, apparently, so I don't, it is. I don't, it would seem like Major League Baseball would have better things to do than to worry about. How many uniforms a team can wear? Yeah, I mean, you can wear as many as you can come up with, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but um, I think red today is It's, it's a red fitting. Wednesday for the Phillies. Mm -hmm. no going Hopefully to it'll be a black Wednesday. Yeah, it's not going to be a good night for, for Philadelphia, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, man, man, we got a good show today. We, we, we've got a ton to talk about with three great guests. Heather Williams is going to join us, talk a little NASCAR here in just a moment. We've also got Dave Hooker is going to talk a little Tennessee, Florida, as the Vols go for their third win in 19 tries. Against Florida, and let's, first, let's find another way to put that. And and first win in Gainesville since oh, what? Three. Let's definitely find another way to put that. And facts are facts, man. Can't, yeah, I'm, I know it. Can't can't construe the facts, and but you know, it's going to be an interesting weekend, and and uh, obviously Tennessee fans, well, Tennessee fans who have been paying attention, aren't exactly sure about anything that's going to happen. I am far less sure this year than I was last year. And I was pretty sure. I, I was pretty sure last year, but now, and we almost lost the game anyway, <laughs> after the onside kick. Mm. So, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not, uh, someone sold their soul at some point. <laughs> and so I don't know, but yeah, we're going to talk to Dave about it. We'll also get, of course, our daily, Titans update. Terry McCormick will join us at the top of the hour at 3 o'clock. And, of course, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. And, boy, do we have some today. Man, it's, you're going to want to stick around for Wild and Wacky. Just trust me. But before we do anything else, we need to get you guys yesterday's results and today's schedule we'll do that on the rundown this is the rundown 
High school volleyball results from Tuesday. Gallatin defeated Station Camp one to nothing. Harpeth defeated Knowledge Academies. I'm sorry. Gallatin defeated Station Camp three one. Harpeth defeated Knowledge Academies three nothing. Ditto for eleven and over Stewart's Creek. Lincoln County with a three one win over Columbia Central. Loretto defeated Collinwood three nothing. Summertown defeated Mount Pleasant three nothing. It was Riverdale three Murfreesboro Central one. Oakland with a 3-0 win over Blackman. Providence Christian defeated Columbia Academy 3-1. Rockville 3, Siegel 1. Waverly 3, Santa Fe nothing. Lawrence County 3, Spring Hill 2. And Middle Tennessee Christian defeated University School of Nashville 3-0. Girls soccer action. Gallatin down beach 1-0. Battleground Academy shut out Middle Tennessee Christian 7-0. As did Brentwood Academy over Centennial 3-0. It was Cane Ridge edging Antioch 6-5. Clarksville was a 7-0 winner over Northeast. Cookville down to Smyrna 3-1. Kalioka was a 10-1 winner over Cornersville. Fairview downs Creekwood 7-0. Nashville uh, Christian. Hang on oh, just a second. Uh, at, at the risk of interrupting you, going back to that 10-1 Kalioka win over Cornersville. Sarah Thompson, five goals and an assist for the Lady Warriors. That seems good. I think that's pretty good. Okay, go ahead. Uh, where was I? Nashville Christian, six. Davidson Academy, two. Dixon County, four. Three winners over West Creek. Cheatham County, Downs East Hickman, six to three. East Robertson was a one nothing winner over Independence Academy. Franklin County, uh, Mercy Rules. Giles County, 9-0, as does Martin Luther King over Glencliff and Harpeth over Waverly. It was Harpeth Hall, 4, Innsworth, nothing. Henry County, 2-1 over Northwest. You did, yeah. Franklin, 4, Independence, nothing. Also, Lead Academy, 8, STEM Academy, 3. Murfreesboro Central with a 9 nothing win over Marshall County. Merrill Hyde, 9, Republic, nothing. Nolensville doubles up page 4-2. It was Oakland, 3, Rockvale, 1. Summit with a 1-0 victory over Ravenwood. Spring Hill Edge, Shelbyville, 4-3. It's Portland, 5, Springfield, 1. Liberty Creek with a 3 nothing win over Sycamore. Tullahoma downs Lawrence County, 9 nothing. Warren County with a 3 nothing win over Watertown. Grace Christian of Franklin, 7, Webb School, 1. White House 7, Macon County 2, and Wilson Central with a 1-0 victory over Lebanon. In Major League Baseball action on Tuesday, it was the Cardinals defeating the Orioles 5-2. Cincinnati defeated Detroit 6-5. Milwaukee with a 3-1 win over Miami. Oakland again down in the Astros 6-2. The Rockies with a 6-4 win over the Cubs. And the Braves in extras with a 7-6 victory at Philadelphia. Minor League Baseball action, the Sounds opened their series in the Queen City with a 5-3 win over Charlotte. Volleyball action this afternoon at 4.30. Ezo Harding's at Friendship Christian at 5 o'clock. Hillsborough welcomes John Overton. And at 6 o'clock, it's Eagleville at Forest. In girls' soccer action, Battleground Academy is at Franklin Road Academy at 5. Providence Christian welcomes University School of Nashville, same time. And at 7, it's Hillsborough at Hendersonville. Major League Baseball action getting underway in about two minutes. The Cubs will be at the Rockies to finish up that series. The Cardinals are at the Orioles at 535 at 540. It's the Tigers hosting the Reds and the Braves at Philadelphia at 610. The Athletics will be at Houston and the Brewers welcome the Marlins at 640. Sounds continue over in Charlotte at 535. WNBA playoffs tonight, best of three series, game one in each of these. 
Minnesota at Connecticut, 7 o'clock on ESPN2, the deuce. <laughs> Hasn't been that in a while. And Chicago is at Las Vegas. That's a 9 o'clock tip in game one on ESPN, and that is your rundown. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly. Make sure to go by and get your meat and vegetables. It's uh, or cobblers or and cobblers, all, all whatever you want. They maybe, got it. Maybe just cobblers. Maybe just cobblers. Yeah. That's why I said or at first, and I was like, well, or and I guess you could do both. Uh, you, you know, life is short. Eat dessert first. At, last time I said that, Edwards Pie sent me a free pie voucher in the in the mail. So. <laughs> He's like, hey, Edwards, what's up? I'm waiting, Edwards. <laughs> Come on with you. Come on. Yep. Oh, man. And, of course, hand-cut meats fresh daily, and it's cost plus 10% at the register. So go see again our friends at Piggly Wiggly in Neely's Mill in Columbia. Yesterday, we got this information a little bit later than normal, so we pushed the top story Tennessee Sports Writers Association awards to today. So tell us about who took home some hardware from the state of Tennessee, Mo. UT Martin redshirt sophomore running back Sam Franklin rushed for 259 yards and three touchdowns as the Skyhawks defeated Missouri State 38-31. At 259 is the most of any NCAA running back to this point this okay. season. Heather's not on yet. Hmm? Heather's not on yet. Missouri State. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Making yeah. sure we didn't yeah. have to come out swinging it's on that. just as well, yeah. Um, <laughs> scored the game-winning touchdown, a 20-yarder, after previously scoring from 81 and 20 yards out. Average 13 yards per carry. Second three-touchdown game of his career. Defensively. And was 13 yards shy of the school record. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunate. 13 yards. Just one more carry. Uh, apparently. 13 yards a carry. Yeah. <laughs> um, defensively, UT senior linebacker Aaron Beasley, nine total tackles, five for loss, two sacks in a 30-13 to 13 win over Austin P. Which makes that tweet I saw earlier from a Florida message board saying that Tennessee has no linebackers Got just at least one. hilarious. Got at least one. <laughs> yeah. um, Leeds... FBS with six tackles for loss thus far. So, um, soccer award winners both attend Lipscomb University. Tyrese Spicer, the senior forward for the uh, Bisons, was the men's soccer player of the week. And graduate Kelly Beiler, 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 Baylor, B E I L E R is the women's player of the week. Spicer scored both Lipscomb goals and a 3-2 loss to 19th-ranked Kentucky. Um, Beeler played Beeler? the Beeler? Beeler. Beeler. <laughs> um, Sorry. Played the entire 90 minutes of Lipscomb's win over Ole Miss, scoring twice in the 2-1 to win. It was Lipscomb's first win over an SEC team since 2018. Um, Beeler has six goals in eight matches and leads the 
Now, is it the Atlantic Sun or the A Sun? A Sun. They don't want you to call it Atlantic. Okay. Leads their conference in goals and is 23rd nationally in Division One in volleyball. Um, Before we get out of women's soccer, we should probably mention Emily Robinson, who was named the NJCAA's National Player of the Week out of Columbia State. The goalie? The she goalie. Was nine of nine last stops. week. And one of those, well, I don't know how many of those, but one of those wins was a 2 nothing victory on Sunday over nationally ranked and previously unbeaten Pearl River out of Mississippi. So I just wanted to give her her props on that because, hey, National Player of the Week, well done. And Emily Robinson and the Lady Chargers will be in action tonight out at Ridley Park against, again, unbeaten Itawamba out of Mississippi. So Somebody's um, going home with their first loss. First well, touch. Unless, unless they, they tie. tie. Yeah. Which um, could happen. <laughs> first touch is at 7 o'clock out at Ridley Park. So um, if you want to see some good women's soccer at the junior college level, run on out there. Anyway, now, as, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. Senior setter Taylor Isert recorded 141 assists during the Auburn Tiger Invitational. Uh, Louisville native leads Division One in assists in assists per set with 11.97. And digs too, right? Isn't she leading? Was she the one that we Same girl. About? Is it? Okay. Um, yeah. So digs per set and assists, and assists per, set. per set. Wow. She's, she's getting it done. 44 assists and 13 digs in middles. 3-1 win over host and 25th ranked Auburn. Then had another double-double in a 3-2 win over Mercer. Finished the weekend with 30 digs and four service aces. Taylor was busy. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor was getting it done. Yeah, getting yeah. it done. Maybe she needs her own beat. I always, I love this picture that they sent because the guy in the Auburn stuff behind is just like straight. He, he's just whatever he's doing on his phone. He's he's having a good time, just playing on TikTok or whatever. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. So you know. All right. Top story number two, Mo. Mm hmm. The NFLPA following Aaron Rodgers' injury is now is now suddenly concerned with play <laughs> services. They weren't so worried about it when you know Derrick Henry blew out his knee or they, or, or, or Jonathan Taylor or anyone else, but Aaron Rodgers, in a contact injury, not even a non-contact injury, on a uh, on a playing surface that by all accounts up until that point was phenomenal because, and, and there's a lot of, a lot of players out there who haven't played on the new MetLife turf. It's field turf. It's not, it's not what it used to be. Are talking about how terrible the, the, the surface is at MetLife. Well, prior to this year, it was, it was basically synthetic, you know, AstroTurf type stuff. But they are playing on field turf now, which is the same thing the Titans have, same thing the Colts have. It's it, it's a it, it's a fine surface, and it's just wild to me that now, 
we're, we're suddenly concerned with the safety. I don't know if this is Aaron Rodgers specific or if this is Jets spending $18.5 million per play for Aaron Rodgers. And that's brutal. $74 million guaranteed for four plays. Four plays. I mean, let's put it this the Giants and Jets, who play at MetLife, uh, installed a new surface this year called Field Turf, which is softer and has a more forgiving feel than the stadium's previous synthetic turf. But who was it here? One of, one of these former players said, everyone knows about that stadium. Let's see. It's down here at the bottom. Darius Slay, MetLife. Everybody knows about that stadium. <laughs> they need to get real grass. That's trash. That's sad for anybody to go down because we play this dangerous game. Listen. One, I don't know that you could have natural grass at MetLife Field in East Rutherford, New Jersey. That's the football. thing. You can't. It would be a worse surface from November on than, you, than you're playing on right now. Well, the, the, the argument is, well, you can do it for the World Cup and for these soccer matches. Yeah, but they're in the summer. If that's the argument, then whoever is putting that argument forth isn't being very realistic. No, well, that's At, what the NFLPA, you know, who who is, I can't, I don't know the first name is Howell is, is who they're referring to this quote. Howell said in his statement Wednesday, the union acknowledges the investment required to convert all stadiums to grass. The question why NFL team owners are planning to make those changes for 2026 World Cup, but not for their own players. Well, the World Cup happens in the summer when grass works. But you can't just change it like that. I mean, you can't change it in the middle of the season. It's not how it works. No. So this seems a little ridiculous. And, and it, all of it's ridiculous, to be honest with you. But the fact that, again, now we're so concerned with it after – Aaron Rodgers goes down and we weren't as concerned with it. Now I'm not saying they weren't because there were a lot of people talking about non-contact turf injuries, but now the NFLPA is getting involved. Yeah. It's not, I'm not sure how good a look that is for the NFLPA. Not no. great. <laughs> not great at it's all. Like we didn't care about any of those other folks getting hurt, but Oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. Now, something's got to be done. And oh, by the way, this, this injury would have happened on any surface because it, it was a contact injury. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I love that Mike Vrabel mentioned it today. He said that he felt like that the, the turf at Nissan Stadium was fantastic. He was happy with it. He felt like all the players were good with it. He said, I've played on everything, and to me, this is just as good as anything I've ever played on. So. And listen, Nissan Stadium is a difficult place to keep the the playing surface up sure. to par. Yeah, with, well, much I mean, less East Rutherford, New Jersey. 
Yeah, I mean, when you just take the weather into consideration again. Exactly. I I just it it feels like common sense to me. And yet. Anyway, we'll take a break. When we come back, Heather Williams joins us to talk a little NASCAR and whatever else. So stick around on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. We'll be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here. And glad to be with you on this wild and wacky Wednesday. And a wild and wacky Wednesday it will be all day long. Dave Hooker coming your way later in the show. We're just getting everybody from the East time zone, Eastern time zone. There we go. It's just pretend it's... Uh, 
pretend it's it's Eastern time zone day, I guess. Who knows? But plenty of exciting stuff to talk about, including NASCAR, because, Mo, it's Bristol weekend. It's Bristol, baby. It is, in fact. And to talk about it, we have uh, Bristol Motor Speedway's next-door neighbor. <laughs> What's up? Going on, yeah. Bristol's literally like four miles from my house, so yeah, we we literally are next door neighbors. That's pretty convenient, <laughs> I would say. On race, on race weekend, yeah, it is. Yeah, you, you, you basically live out there. That's what I do. <laughs> well, uh, so Bristol here. weekend when the when the when the traffic was so bad uh, was it about seven years ago? I I seriously considered walking to my apartment because it was backed up so badly. Get you a golf cart or a <laughs> moped or something. Or just get one of them to run you over. In the golf cart? Yeah. <laughs> Going down the main drag of Bristol Volunteer Parkway in my golf cart. Hey. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm not I sure mean, a golf cart would make some of the hills, though. Yeah. Oh, hills. Okay. All right. That's the problem. I didn't, I didn't think about that. <laughs> so, um,. Obviously, we're going to talk about this past weekend in NASCAR, but we need to talk about this coming weekend and qualifying at Bristol because folks are getting ready to find out on a national level what we've known for, what, three years? At least. Yeah. Heather is going to be involved on serious PRN with the call for qualifying. Um Heather, tell, tell folks more about how they can hear you during qualifying on Friday. Yeah, so I'm so honored I'm going to get to be a, a part of the PRN, which is the Performance Racing Network crew. They're the, the crew that does the call for the races for um, all the tracks owned by Bruton Smith or Marcus Smith now, uh, which includes Bristol. I'm going to be a part of that crew for qualifying and be one of the pit reporters, myself and Alan Cavana, who people who follow NASCAR know Alan well. He's been around the sport for a long time. Um going to be doing that qualifying call Friday uh, at 3.30 um, Central Time, uh, and you can hear it on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. If your local PRN affiliate is carrying qualifying, which most of them don't, you can hear it there as well. But um, don't worry about it. Just turn on Sirius XM Channel 90, the NASCAR channel, and you'll be able to, you'll be able to hear me on the call. Is this something you've done before? No, this will be my first time working with them. I'm, I'm actually really excited about the chance to get to do it. It's kind of a, a mini audition uh, to see uh, how I do doing the live radio. I've obviously done a ton of television, but not as much radio. So it'll just be an opportunity, kind of a low pressure situation because it's qualifying, uh, especially at Bristol. Knock on wood. It's not super uh, action packed with stuff. So uh, just be fun to get in the pits and play around and see what happens. What do you anticipate being different about radio versus TV for you in this position? Well, obviously, what little radio I've done, I'm going to have to paint more of a picture for them of what's going on because they can't see. I mean, there will be people that will be at the track that will be listening, obviously, or watching on television or what have you. But a lot of people that listen, especially on Sirius or truck drivers or, or people driving or commuting or whatever. So you really have to be uh, able to paint more of a picture. Just like radio play-by-play, I will be doing the play-by-play. Obviously, Doug uh, Rice, cheerleaders of mine, they'll be doing the play-by-play. But um, 
but I'll be in the pits talking to drivers and trying to just give people a, a good visual of what's going on. So that's different. And TV, your pictures get to tell more of the story than, than your words do. Sure. No, this will be a lot, a lot of fun. I, I'm, I have Sirius XM, and it's going to be happening in our show, but there'll, it'll, it'll be continuing after our show mm-hmm. as well, oh, starting yeah. at 3.30. I'll get to hop in the car on the way home. I'll, I'll have to turn on serious. This was always, always a big It's never bigger, though, than else because someone or yeah, someone all this weekend. Did you hear me? Yeah, you broke up a little bit there, so I didn't hear the end of what you guys said. Or some ones are going home this weekend. Yes, four some ones are going home this weekend. And it's a it's a fascinating race because really only two people are locked in to the next round. Um the uh the everybody else has to has to at least show up at Bristol and uh and try to do something. Now Denny Hamlin and uh William Byron are still pretty safe as far as advancing to the next round, but everybody else really is going to have to perform. And I think the most fascinating storyline going into the weekend is the fact that Martin Truex Jr., the regular season champ, needs to show, do more than perform. He almost needs a little bit of help to advance at a track that's not one of his best tracks. He's not very good at Bristol. So um, I think that's going to be something to watch over the weekend just because I don't know that we've ever seen a – regular season champ failed to get out of the first round of the playoffs. That's pretty much unheard of. It is, a, in fact, you know, not had a great start to the playoffs and not a little less surprising, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Michael McDowell coming in at 15th and 16th right now. McDowell's really good. He's going to have to win pretty much to, to get in. But you know, it it is it is an interesting situation that, that these you know these couple really Martin and Bubba find themselves in because they're fighting with guys like Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano right there on the bubble, and those are guys who you know who are not used to going out early in the playoffs. So, and of course, Kevin is doing everything he can to stay in as long as he can, being his final year. Yeah, and Kevin and Joey have the advantage of Bristol's a really good track for both of them. So I expect them to come to Bristol and be able to put on a pretty good show. Do you think you guys I think you guys are frozen? We can hear you. I hear you guys fine. We hear you fine, so let's just pretend like it's radio. (laughs) Goodness. Yeah. That's I'm not sure if it's us or Justin. Do you hear us? Because it could be. Okay, uh, Justin does hear us. Might be coming on Heather's end. I'm not sure though. Do we want to back her out and bring her back in? You never know with internet issues. That's the beauty of it. Um, we can always give her a phone call. Yeah, you know, right now, Martin, there she is. What's Hello. up? Hello. 
<laughs> hey, she's back, back yeah, again. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you know you were saying Logano and Harvick that they really do well at Bristol. So if you are Truex and Bubba Wallace, you're really fighting to get ahead of you know guys like Christopher Bell, Chris Buescher, Ross Chastain, and, and trying trying to fight those guys particularly. Well, and Busher won here at Bristol last year, so I don't know that he's the guy you're, you're, you're definitely targeting. I think, you know, one of the things that, that you never see coming at Bristol is there was always some sort of issue or some kind of surprise. Last year, all the Toyotas had engine and transmission problems, and all six of the Toyotas were out very early last year at Bristol. Now, you don't wish that on somebody, but I think you're gonna, there's going to be a little bit of a surprise as to um, – how this all shakes out. So there's going to be at least one, maybe both of the, of the, you know, drivers that are can get in on points there uh, below the cut line. They'll get in and there'll be a couple of surprises above the cut line that don't make it last year. That was Kyle Busch, right? Kyle Busch didn't get out of the first round of the playoffs last year. And he came to Bristol and that's where he lost it. A place where he. Yeah, the internet issues are strong here today. <laughs> Hello. There you are. Yeah. Um, you know, one of, one of the things that we saw this past weekend was Bubba Wallace had a great car early. Then he didn't. He ended up finishing four laps behind. Well, and, I mean, he hit the wall, to be fair. The car, the car was yeah. fine. He just hit the wall. Um, but not by his own doing. I mean, it's a, I was going to say that wasn't that wasn't on him. It was it was a tire. But <laughs> you know it, that that just seems to be kind of the way his luck goes these days. Is something goes wrong no matter what. So what does he have to do, and his team particularly have to do at Bristol to get him into the next round? Well, they can't make mistakes, which they have made some mistakes. You know, that tire failure could have uh, possibly have been because of tire pressures under under pressurized tires. So, um, you know, they have to avoid those kind of mistakes. They can't have any mistakes on pit road. And Bubba is kind of sneaky good at Bristol. His results don't show up because he does always seem to have some sort of bad luck at Bristol. But in the lower series, he's been really good. He won the short track nationals here in a super late model uh, once. And, uh, you know, in his younger years coming and doing some of the lower series, he's been pretty good here at Bristol. So um, he just needs to not make mistakes, not make mistakes, put it in a position for a win or a top five or top ten. And, you know, you don't really want to count on other people making mistakes, but there will be some people that will make some mistakes or will have some issues or some bad luck. You just need to not be that person and then be in the position to take advantage of their bad day. That goes for any of the guys below the cut line, really. Heather, there's nothing to talk about per one of the two people in this in incident, but we're going to talk about it regardless. And that is teammates Kyle Larson and non-playoff competitor Chase Elliott. He is in the owner's championship. Okay, well. We have to give him love for that if we gave Bubba love for it last year. I don't remember. I, I mean, look, I, Chase is – I almost feel like Chase is – kind of 
not checked out certainly, but he, he's he's kind of a wild card right now because well, you know, he, he wants to prove some things, and and so this is why this is I think there is something to talk about here with this incident between he and his teammate Kyle Larson. You know, Chase has always been a little bit of a wild card. He he doesn't live in Mooresville. He's not a part of the NASCAR scene. He, he lives in Dawsonville. He flies and commutes. You know, he's got his pilot's license, so he flies to Mooresville if he needs to work or in the Charlotte area if he needs to work. Flies back home, lives in Dawsonville. I mean, he's just kind of a different cat, which is fine. You know, he's he's much more private than a lot of the other guys, and, and I it's super cool. I, I am always fascinated and this is not so much a knock on Chase, because Chase is who he is, right? Chase is Chase. It, but I find his fans fascinating, because when other drivers do what Chase has done, oh, suspend them for a week, oh, kick him out of the sport, oh, what a horrible person. But when Chase does it, it's like, well, Chase says he doesn't want to talk about it, so it's not a big, it's not a deal, it's not an issue. Um, you know, it's kind of like the thing with – you know, a lot of people gloss over the fact, and why I made a point of it, and people are glossing over the fact that Chase is in the owner's championship. But we made a big deal about it when it was Bubba, so we have to make a big deal about it when it's Chase. I mean, fair is fair. But I'd like to be consistent. <laughs> um, I don't feel like his fans are all that consistent, and I think they make a lot of excuses for him. Is what happened between he, him and Kyle Larson our business if both sides say it's settled? Maybe, maybe not. But we all saw it happen, right? So we get to talk about it. He doesn't have to answer it. He he and Kyle both can come out and say, you know, it's settled. We had a misunderstanding. We're cool now. We're teammates, whatever. But it's not – it's unfair to be angry because we asked. You did it in public. We all saw it. So you have to answer the questions. And I, I always think – you know, and I felt the same way about Bubba before the race at Daytona. I always think it's unfortunate and a little bit, I don't know what the word is, but a little bit unfair for, for drivers to not do at least the national media. Like if I walk up to them and they want to say, I ain't got time for you, you know, with my little channel five mic. Okay. But when NBC, Fox, you know, Claire B. Lang for serious come up to you. I feel like you need to answer their questions. Bob Pockris. I mean, you need to answer those guys' questions because they're just asking what the fans want to know. But that's, you know, Chase says it's not an issue. I'll, I'll be interested to see what Kyle has to say about it because we haven't really heard Kyle say it's not an issue. <laughs> um, you know, he is the other half of this. Uh, but Kyle's pretty, Kyle's pretty um, laid back. You know, he's kind of like whatever. So, you know, he, he, the only time I ever saw him got fired up was recently with Denny Hamlin. And that was like the eighth time he and Denny had, had tangled. And he's just like, look, Denny's my friend, but I'm mad at him. And that's like the most fired up I've ever seen. Him. So it may not be an issue to him either. But I'll be interested to see what he says this week at Bristol. Aren't we all interested? And luckily, we'll get a chance to see it and hear it. If you happen to be listening on Sirius XM or any of the other PRN channels, Heather, what are your expectations this weekend? If not specifically, just for the cars, because again, it's a short track. 
Yeah, I hope the racing's better. I don't hold up a lot of hope, though, because they haven't really done anything particularly to help the racing. Um, and last year's race, the fall race, was not that great. I mean, the teams that got up front, they checked out just like they would um, on uh, any of the other short tracks. And passing is extremely hard at Bristol under good circumstances. With this car, it's going to be darn near impossible, except for, you know, using the bump and run, which I'm sure will get used. But, I mean, drivers don't like to use that on lap two, right? I mean, they want to save that, uh, you know, for later in the race. So, um, I think it will be chaos. Um, I think that the end of the stages could get really hairy because there are so many drivers that can still advance on points. I don't think anyone's officially eliminated. And other than the two drivers, the one, I don't think anyone's officially locked in. So I think you could see action really pick up at the end of stages because those stage points are so valuable um, because every point is going to mean something this week. Uh, So it'll be interesting. I don't know if it'll be great racing but i think it'll be compelling there you go heather williams joining us here on main street sports day hear her on friday 3 30 central sirius xm nascar on the prn call with the radio crew during qualifying and looking forward to to that and to seeing this weekend's race heather thanks for joining us as always we appreciate it and we look forward to seeing you soon Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Heather. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Braves, right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Did you know that up to 80% of us will experience back or neck pain during our lifetime? Many of you are offered surgery or addictive pain pills to relieve your chronic pain. At the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief, we have been leading the way to better health, naturally, and have helped tens of thousands of people right here in Middle Tennessee for the past 30 years. I came to Dr. Gill about 10 years ago after my local doctors recommended surgery. I knew about Dr. Gill and wanted to see if he could help me. 
10 years later, I am pain-free, no surgery, and no pain pills. Surgery is scary, and over 40% of all back surgeries fail, creating a cycle of surgery and pills. There is a safer solution to your chronic pain. Make the call to the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief today and get your life back. This office visit is normally $299, but call today and receive your initial consultation, report of finding for just $49. But hurry, this offer won't last long. Call 615-768-8743. That's 615-768-8743. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Thirteenth, 1958, Milwaukee's Warren Spine became the first left-hander to win 20 games in nine different seasons, scattering nine hits in an 8-2 victory over visiting St. Louis and improving to 20-10 and 10 on the year. Southpaw's Eddie Plank and Lefty Grove each posted eight 20-win campaigns. That was this day in Bird's history. Warren Spine. Spine insane and pray for rain. That was a famous Braves chant during the early 50s when it was those two and nobody, nobody else. else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> there, there were several parts of the, uh, the Braves history where there were a couple of great players and nobody really else. bad teams. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately for us, Mo, that is not the case right now. That is not the case right now. It's it's a couple of maybe not so great players and some really good ones. A lot of really good ones. I mean, absolutely cannot express how much of a difference it is to be able to hit one through nine in your lineup. I mean, Michael Harris is probably the most important hitter in the Braves lineup. Yeah, because he turns that order over when he's down there in the number nine spot. And consistently since June 1st, he has done just that. Well, I mean, when you look at a leadoff guy who's got 90-plus ribs, somebody's got to be getting on in front of him, and a lot of times that's Michael Harris second. So, Yeah. You've got so many good players on this team that when one – ties a franchise record for single season home runs, it does not make the replay of the game. 
<laughs> I saw you tweet that last night or something. Yeah, I was I was on iron yesterday, so I did not get to see the live broadcast. And so watching the replay last night, it went from one nothing Phillies after the Castellanos home run to one one going to the top of the fifth when the Braves scored five on the Acuna two-run homer and the Ozuna three-run homer there in the fifth. So, you know, if you're watching that game on a replay and you know how it's come out, that's probably the one thing that you wanted to see Yeah, was Matt, Hols- Matt Olson's 51st home run that tied the record set by Andrew Jones in 05. And due to time constraints, we now move ahead in this broadcast. It's like, First of all, couldn't we have moved ahead like in the six when there was no scoring or something like that? <laughs> I mean, why, why there? <laughs> First of all, you're, you're ballet sports. They're, they're, what time constraints do you have at yeah, 10 o'clock at, at night? <laughs> what else is going on? What are we, what are we rushing through this to get to? Yeah, paid what? programming. Somebody's selling sham wows. Uh, <laughs> is, is there an Andy Griffin show on after this or something, or what? What are we doing? What we've not what, seen. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Great. So at that point, I just went to bed. That's yeah. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> I I had never I had never heard that before on a ballet replay because I watch a lot of them. You know, if they won, I like to go back and watch it again, yeah. you know, and, and especially if I didn't see it. So, but yeah, after, after that, um, like I said, I think it was the, what, third inning when Castellanos hit the home run and they said, we now move ahead. I thought that's funny. I've never, I don't remember ever seeing that before. And then it goes to the top of the fifth and the Braves are tied one, one. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, you know, <laughs> there, there was, there was something. There that was something happened. pretty important that happened during that. Something I was supposed to do today. Yeah, yeah right. So, <laughs> but anyway, man, that is, that is something. Now that you mention it, uh, Mo, there is something that's going to happen this year that's never happened before. Just one thing. Well, a lot of things, that, but but it includes Ronald Acuna Jr., and, but it's specific to him. He's going to have more RBIs than strikeouts. With 97 ribs and only 77 strikeouts, that, to me, is the most glaring statistic that he's put up this year. Not... Not the 65 stolen bases, not anything. I mean, the fact that he has found a way to not strike out 100 times is insanely good. Well, especially given his past history. 123 as a rookie, 188 in 19, uh, 85 in 21 where he only played 82 games. And it's more than one a game. Yeah, and 126 in 2022 where he more than won a game. This is a half a strikeout per game. He's cut he his, went from he's more cut than his strikeouts one. in half. Yes, or more he's than that. literally cut them in half. That's that's remarkable. 
I think it's especially remarkable as far into his career as he is. I mean, I just don't know that you see hitters make that kind of adjustment right at this stage of their career. He's found a way to be to make more contact. And, 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 I think not, part, and I think part of it is that he's cut his swing down. He's taken the ball the other way a lot more than you saw previously. Well, and, and, you know, a lot of people talked about his objectively long swing. And nobody ever said it wasn't an objectively long swing. It was just that when he connected, he connected. He's found a way to still connect. Hitting balls over 100 miles an hour a lot. And he's so strong that even when he goes the other way, he can still hit it out. Oh, he goes it, – it, it is an absolute bomb. So this is – I mean, this Braves team as a whole hasn't struck out a whole lot. Mm -hmm. They found a way – even Matt Olson found a way to limit his strikeouts, particularly over the last three months. And it has resulted in the Braves being, you know – The best offense. The in best baseball. offense in baseball. And – Quite possibly, say what you want, quite possibly in the conversation for the best offense in baseball history, one through nine. Mm. It'd it take brighter minds than mine to um, really analyze that the way it deserves just because I don't have enough but I, but, depth of knowledge. But, but I don't think you could argue that they deserve to be analyzed in those Oh, absolutely. I think I think um, ML, the MLB network actually did something. They they did looking at things. them and you know the the nineteen twenty nine Yankees that everybody references, and there was a Dodgers team as well, and you know the big red machine, and kind of put these guys up against them. And the one thing that's going to be tough to measure is you know, the ninth hitter because everybody else had a pitcher in the batting order. Well, the, Yan did the Yankees, I guess they did back then. They didn't have Don. They didn't have. The DH hitters. came in in 73. Yeah. Chris. Well, it, <laughs> after I got that out, I what I was saying. But that being said, yes, I, I mean, there's that. But I, I still don't think that it's, can we take our worst hitter out? Because if we can take our worst hitter out, who is then it? Then I don't think there's any questions. Who is it? I, probably one of the catchers, if not both of them. <laughs> yeah, take, <laughs> take the catcher out of the mix. Um, but I mean, even the catcher is better than whoever the pitcher was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just for the sake of argument, maybe. Speaking of catchers. I think we touched on this a little bit yesterday. Sean Murphy's got to get going. Sean Murphy's got to start playing. Well, but I wonder if he's not playing because he's not going. Uh, at what point in the history of Brian Snicker has that ever been a possibility? In any instance ever in the history of Brian Snicker has someone been benched for poor performance? Well, well, you will be pleased to know he's playing tonight. Well, he needs to play every day. If he's going to be, whoever's going to be catching in October needs to be playing all of September. Well, maybe, maybe both of them are going to catch in October. I, I don't think, 
I don't because think you I, can do that. Well, I think they like the way Darno handles the pitchers. I think they like the way that Murphy is able to throw people out. Although he's not done as much of that when he has played of late. Acuna, Albies, Riley, Wilson, Ozuna, Arcia, Murphy, Pilar in left, Harris behind Strider mm. in the 540 matchup today that the Braves go into with a magic number of two. Which means they can clinch because they need a win and a Phillies loss, which if, will both happen. If, if, if yeah, <laughs> if, if, if then, exactly. tonight. Very simple. Yeah, so um, wouldn't it be awful for the Phillies clubhouse folks to have to clean up all that mess after a post-game celebration in the visiting locker room? No. No, would not, as a matter uh, of fact. You would, know I was being sarcastic. It, it would be fantastic to watch, <laughs> as a matter of fact. It's like that meme. Um, I would like to see it. Who is the... I, I would like to see it. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, after last year, <laughs> There's nothing more I want to see than the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, yeah, I'd really like to see Strider have a great game tonight, and I'd, I'd really like for Reese Hoskins to not be able to bail them out tonight, since he's not available. So, Philly's still three and a half up on the wild card. Reds are a game back of the is it how many wild card spots are there three three okay they're a game back of arizona mm -hmm. yeah phillies cubs and diamondbacks are the three wild card position holders right now reds are a game back of arizona giants are a game but, and a half back as are the marlins yeah the reds giants and marlins can all you know, uh, they're all in striking distance. Mm -hmm. And ideally, knocking the Phillies out would be just. I would, I would, I would be way more comfortable if the Phillies were not in the postseason. I mean, I don't want to see the Cubs either after what they did to us in Chicago, but. Uh, we get a chance to address that in another week. But. Everybody and else it's going to be interesting when the Cubs come to Atlanta where it's just, it's a, deal. just a deal. Yeah. yeah. Should be interesting. I, you know, technically only one team in the National League is eliminated. That's Colorado. The Cardinals, you're saying there's a chance. They're 11 and a half back. And, and I don't te think that's technically happen. only one, one team is in. That's right. The Braves have already clinched a playoff spot. Honk, honk if your team has lost 50 games or less. Yeah, that would be us. Honk, honk. That's it. <laughs> and that would be and that's it. the end of the, of the line. So, again, Spencer Strider tonight, he's got a lot to he, – he's got a lot of making up to do over his last start, but I really feel like that's just kind of what I, – I think, I think he – he likes pitching in these type of situations. And, you know, we talked 
we've talked a lot about the Braves not always bringing their A game against subpar teams. And he was not great against St. Louis. He's not been great against anybody that has a losing record. You saw those splits. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the center of the diamond, as Brandon Gordon likes to say tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to our next segment as well, getting our daily Titans update from Terry McCormick. That's coming right up after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint. Y'all stick around. I don't know how, uh, how this internet is working. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. I'm not sure. Justin, can you hear us? Yes, I can. That's great. I'm I'm so glad that you can because the only tab in any browser that I have open right now working is StreamYard. So thank goodness because we're still here. <laughs> Literally every other tab is like can't reload, can't load. I'm like, okay, well, let's just deal with it then. Yeah. So it's the only tab that matters. The is only working. tab that matters is working. And so let's go to the Titan Insider Daily Report from Terry McCormick, powered by our friends at Zen Sports. Terry, what's going on? Well, Ryan Tannehill, a uh, little bit tired of talking about uh, the week one loss to the Saints. He's ready to move forward. And I'm sure a lot of Titans fans are probably ready to move forward with him. This is your Titan Insider Daily Report, powered by Zen Sports. Uh, Tannehill met with the media today, and he graciously answered a few questions about uh, his poor play uh, Sunday in New Orleans. But then after about six or seven of those questions, he was ready to move on. As he should have been. <laughs> he reached his limit, huh, Terry? Yes, he did. Well, you know, unfortunately, it's only Wednesday. So True. I, I it's mean, one of those things where I think Ryan Tannehill obviously – it's going to be on the minds of Titans fans until he goes out and redeems himself. And as he said, Sunday can't come fast enough. He said that he is already, when he got on the bus after uh, leaving the Superdome, he texted Tim Kelly and said he's ready to go back to work and 
try to clean up the mess and uh, Sunday certainly looking for the chance to improve upon what he did because as you guys know one play here or one play there could have changed the entire complexion of the game but uh, just unable to get it done uh, the the glass half empty part of me says be careful what you wish for Ryan but uh, yeah he's that's that's got to be his attitude and I mean I can understand him being a little bothered by it but the fact of the matter is his performance was glaring in a one-point loss true you know and it's a, a situation where he knows he has to do better and you know if he doesn't do better this week then you're going to start to hear those whispers of what's next and what's wrong and they won't be whispers and where do the Titans go from here? No, you're exactly right. Uh, there will be situations where people will be going, what do the Titans do at the quarterback position? Because, you know, behind Ryan Tannehill, we know they have Malik Willis, who has a little bit of experience, and Will Levis, who has none. So there you have it. And, and may or may not be injured. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and, and I made this argument yesterday, Terry, and, and – I'm not going to harp on it, but, you know, myself included, I was frustrated Sunday. I was. I, I was incredibly frustrated. I was I was ticked off because I spent all offseason defending this guy, and he makes me look like an idiot all day long. And then I go back and watch the rest of the NFL, and it's like, okay, well, crap. Everybody kind of looked like trash on Sunday, it, it, at least, you know, some of the, the, the top tier quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. I mean, it just, it, it seemed like it was just one of those days maybe. And, and so obviously if Ryan Tannehill comes out, plays like Ryan Tannehill can play, this team has an opportunity to win and, and, and you know, to do that, and for him to play at his top level, they've got to, they've got to put the ball in the hands of their running backs. Any chance that that happens this weekend? I think they have to. I think they have to get Derrick Henry more involved because the Chargers' weakness would appear to be their run defense. You don't want to put yourself in third and eight and allow Bosa and Mack to just tee off and come at your quarterback, especially behind an offensive line that – you know, is still learning to work together and still starting to gel. You know, you brought up Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. The difference is this, guys, and this is why I think it's, you know, imperative to watch Tannehill and see what happens. When you're 25 or ever how old Allen and Burrow are, it's chalked up as a bad game. When you're 35, like Ryan Tannehill, then it's, oh, is he on his last legs? And I think that's what everybody is worried about. Terry, I, I, I beg to differ slightly just because I don't know that Ryan Tannehill has ever gotten, uh, for lack of a better phrase, the rope that Josh Allen and, and or Joe anybody. Burrow have gotten. I, I don't think he's ever been considered to be at that level Despite whether whether his perform whether his performance dictated that he be considered at that level or not, I don't think he ever has. So I don't know that it's last legs. I just think that it's 
I think it's more a case of people just thinking that he's Looking not very good. And I don't know that his performance relative to particularly Josh Allen and Joe Burrow deserve to be dismissed like that. Uh, uh, and again, as Chris said, when you look at the games that they had this weekend against the game that he had this weekend, all three of them were bad. Why is it that Tannehill is being dealt with so much more harshly maybe than the other two? And Well, I think, it, you know, part of what you said and part of what I said, I think uh, on you make your point, you know, Allen and Burrow both have the reputation and the, uh, I guess, the, the track record, at least during the time they've been in the league, of being top-tier quarterbacks, worthy of being mentioned in the same breath as Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that. Based on what? None of them have been to a Super Bowl. This is, well, Burrow Not has. one. Burrow has been to a Super Bowl. Well, I'm but sorry. None of them have won a Super Bowl. I apologize. Recent upper-level quarterbacks in the but, league. You know, I mean, and let me, let me say this. That makes it worse because the Buffalo Bills – and the Cincinnati Bengals rely on their quarterbacks to win football games. And they were terrible. The Titans don't rely on Ryan Tannehill. He can be bad and they can still win if, if the game plan is, is, is properly executed. If the game plan is properly executed. I.e., give the ball to 22 and let him go. Mm -hmm. Now, to me... If I've got an offense that is predicated on my quarterback being great and he's terrible, that would mean more likely I should be calling for someone else than a game-managing quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I, get, I get it with – I get what you're saying, but, you know, nobody's calling for the head of Joe Burrow this week just because no. he performed poorly in week one. I think, you know, the, the Bengals didn't start off great last year and they wound up uh, – you know, deep in the playoffs. Now, I will say this about Josh Allen. I do think he's regressed since Di Brian Dayball left to become the Giants head coach. I think Dayball had figured out Allen and what he was good at, and I think he regressed a little bit last year, and I think maybe that regression has continued. So it's going to be interesting to see him going forward. But back to Tannehill, I think, you know, I think the Titans fans probably looking at Tannehill is like, if he had just made one or two plays, it would have been the difference in the ball game. And I think that's why, you know, fans are so hard on him. Because let's let's be honest here. There's a segment of the fan base that still has not forgiven him for the playoff loss to Cincinnati two years ago. And anytime he lays an egg like he did on Sunday, it brings that back to the forefront. If and that's that's not unfair. Well, <laughs> I think I don't want to rehash this again and again because I've done it a gazillion times. Two of the three interceptions he threw in that game were not his fault. Julio Jones ran the wrong route on the first interception. Period, point blank, he screwed it up. It was Julio's fault 100%. The only interception that was his fault was the Noah Westbrook Akine third interception and had no business throwing it to 15 at that point. But neither of the first two interceptions were his fault because the second one was the stinking play. That's the only play we run out of that out of that formation, and everybody in on the defense knew it was coming. Dude jumps it and takes it back to the house. 
Neither of those two were directly on Ryan Tannehill. So I, well, I'm, that's fair. But that's neither. It's neither here nor there. I'm just saying if if Tannehill had played against the Bengals like he played on Sunday, absolutely, I will give you that all day long. But this was an anomaly of Ryan Tannehill as a Titans quarterback, period. This, it was as much of an anomaly as Josh Allen's performance, as Joe Burrow's performance, and anybody else that played poorly on Sunday, and that's all I'm saying. Well, well hopefully it will prove Sunday against the Chargers well, to be an anomaly. I, I hope he doesn't have to prove it. I hope that they run the dadgum football. Their coach wears a hat that says so. <laughs> He should wear it on Sunday and stare at Todd Tim Kelly. Or, or maybe he should just give one to Tim give Kelly. Him the, give him the hat. <laughs> there we go. Here's our game plan, Tim. Wear it. Yeah. Anyway. Terry, Terry tell us about Zen Sports. All right, guys. Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it, too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets, Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports betting just got better. And when you sign up for Zen Sports using the code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T, earn an unlimited 5% cash back on your betting volume for your first 15 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. <laughs> They have a dragon here. I saw it. Portland, no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. <gasps> Do you hear that? We're almost there. Whoa! I told you so. That is a dragon. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. Not Quite Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work. You do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here on this wild and wacky Wednesday. Dave Hooker still to come, talking Vols, Florida. So stick around here in just a few minutes. We'll get to him. But right now, Mo, I want to talk a little bit about some college football outside of the SEC. We talked about the Tez Walker situation a little bit when it came when the ruling came down that he was not going to be eligible to play per the NCAA, and I said just play him. <laughs> and apparently Mac didn't listen. Yeah, you know, he, he didn't. Uh, should have called his brother and said, hey, man, listen. Call Mac and tell him this. What, were, what is Mac's number? Yeah, let, 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 me, let me call him. But, yeah, apparently some folks across the, the country did not take the news so lightly. Yeah, Barrett Salee of CBS Sports is is reporting that the D1 board is troubled by public remarks made last week by some of the UNC leadership. D1 board chair Jerry Moorhead and D1 board vice chair Christopher Petruskovich said sure mm-hmm <laughs> hey prove me wrong <laughs> those comments directly contradict what we and our fellow division one members and coaches call for vociferously including unc's own football coach we are a membership organization and rather than pursue a public relations campaign that can contribute to a charged environment for our peers who volunteer on committees we encourage members to use established and agreed upon procedures to voice concerns and propose and adopt rule or policy changes if they are dissatisfied. Okay, so Walker initially signed with North Carolina Central. Correct. Before that Division II school lost its 2020 campaign because of the pandemic. Correct. Then transferred to Kent State and is now enrolled at the University of North Carolina. Played at Kent State. Played at Kent State. Correct. Did not did not play at North Carolina Central. Did not play a down. So went to school. Did not play. So this should be his first transfer. Except he was technically part of the football team because COVID is what killed their football season. He still didn't play. And oh, by the way, his grandmother lives in North Carolina and she's ill. The NCAA instituted new rules in 2021 that allow undergraduates to transfer once without losing a year of eligibility. It's specified in its statement just how rare two times transfers are. In 2021, they may have been, but... They certainly ramped up after the COVID year. <clears throat> I think you're splitting hairs when you call Tez Walker a two-time transfer. Oh, it's a, it's if if you are calling Tez Walker a two-time transfer, I think you're wrong. Because and, I think and, the, and, the and spirit I, of the rule I, is playing at more than one institution or two institutions. Well, I, JT Daniels got eligible. He's a grad. Mm. It's kind of hard to believe he stayed in one place on to graduate, but okay, you're right. That, that makes sense. 
So he got he got two transfers before this rule was really mm-hmm. enforced. It's always been a rule. They just right. didn't start enforcing it until this year. Mm-hmm. Listen, I we have said the transfer portal needs some regulation, and it absolutely does. But I don't know that this guy and this situation necessarily this wasn't fall the into that need for regulation or for tweaking. However. The NCAA statement on Tuesday also included some very disturbing information regarding threats made to committee members in the wake of eligibility rulings. However, it did not identify any suspects or circumstances that led to the threats. Quote, the NCAA is aware of violent and possible, possibly criminal threats recently directed at committee members involved in regulatory decisions. The national office is coordinating with law enforcement and will do and will continue to do whatever possible to support the volunteers who serve on these committees. Brown says while he never intended to incite threats of violence, he isn't backing down from his criticism of the NCAA. The NCAA rulings on Tez Walker are unreasonable. No question, right? But we can all agree that if this, if, if, if this can be proven, if death threats were made by or, or physical harm threats, then there should there should be action taken against those individuals. There should be There's action no taken against there. those individuals. I don't think this should reflect badly on Tez Walker unless he was involved in the threat. Yeah. But yeah. But I just don't understand how how this situation got to this point other than the NCAA just clearly making a poor decision. I mean, that's 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 the fact. The NCAA made a poor decision, and they've doubled I down. I, can't, I cannot imagine. They, they've doubled down. They, you know, they, they denied the appeal. I mean, if if part of the rules allowing you to transfer a second time includes mental health or family issues. I don't know how the NCAA is qualified to determine whether or not there are mental health issues. Yeah. And and I think, I almost think when you put those type things in writing, then you are kind of creating, you're almost creating a no-win situation for yourself. You have, because, oh, well, well, my my mental health issue isn't as important as his or hers. That's, I mean, you're you, that that's almost opening yourself up for lawsuits. Mm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just feels like this is a bad, bad situation for the NCAA. But, and again, as if you search Tez Walker and threats. It's that's not good. Well, there are search it and see what you come up with, because what you will find is that it appears that there may not be any actual proof of these threats. That the NCAA may be trying to throw out a little card here, a little victiming, a little little smoke and mirrors action. And so if that's the case, 
And things just went Then they've tripled down, yeah. and it went from bad to worse. So I'm just saying, I, look, I don't know, because I've not seen. Maybe there are. Maybe there aren't. I don't know. I'm just saying, if you tripled down, and then you find out we lied, oof. Anyway, the NCAA going to NCAA. They are. <laughs> and that's just the, that's, that's the simple fact. So let's talk a little more college football. Right after this, we'll take a break. Dave Hooker joins us from Off the Hook Sports right here on Main Street Sports. Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. You can't see the sights without the sounds. From the crack of the bat to the roar of the crowd and everything in between, discover what Hit City has to offer. Spend your nights cheering on the Nashville sounds at First Horizon Park with giveaways, fireworks shows, theme weekends, and more. Single game tickets are on sale now. Visit NashvilleSounds.com to claim your seat today. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our Ortho Quick Walk-In Clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, Chris Yow, and... Mo Patton here on this Wild and Wacky Wednesday. The weirdest and wildest news from across the world still to come. And boy, is it going to be worth it. I promise you. It's, it, it's, it's insane today. We, we've got some good ones. But <laughs> you're setting a high bar, man. I, I'm excited. 
I really am. And it, and it, you know what? I wasn't even going to use the Mexican aliens. <laughs> I mean, so that's how that's how wild and wacky these stories are. The Mexican aliens didn't make Ma- the cut. Didn't make the cut. So. Oh, Oh man, let's let, let's let's bring in Dave Hooker, who's joining us via audio, uh, as as he is on the road again. <laughs> Dave, what's up? Where's some Willie? Where's some Willie Nelson? Uh, there we go. Yeah, I figured you guys just want me on audio because my face looks so fat last time I was on. <laughs> Dave. Not. When you're going to do something like that, make sure Chris yeah. is not drinking. He was drinking. That was, that yeah, was scary. We, that was we, scary. We, yeah, but uh, <laughs> hey, man, we appreciate you, fat face and all. Um, Florida week, right? Yeah, it is. It's still really special to me being um, a University of Tennessee student at the time. And I can remember the CBS trucks never got there until a Thursday except for Florida week, and they'd roll in on a on a Monday and be parked at Neyland Stadium. And it's always a big game. Maybe not like it was in the 90s and 2000s. But, uh, yeah, it's Florida week. And I think that pretty much says everything. What's the biggest question about Tennessee, 11th-ranked Tennessee, going into this matchup? Biggest question I have is the inconsistent passing game early to start the game. One for eight last week. Uh, that was what Joe Milton was in his first eight passes. So we, we talked about that. But if you remember, yeah, it's kind of a cold streak against Virginia, too. Now, the other thing is we're basically talking about – you guys do a lot with the guys. We're talking about preseason games. I, I don't know what to think of Virginia and Austin D other than they're very, they're very bad. I mean, they're not good football teams. So – that to me is, is the biggest thing because if you go down there and you have early um, issues, especially with your passing game, then I think that that allows a very fickle crowd at Florida to to stay in it. Um, I think it's a crowd that when they're on top, I won't say front runners, but kind of, um, it's a tough a place to play as there is in the country when they're not happy and probably not real happy. Billy Napier's done and a year and a half since he's been there, but they, um, you know, you keep them out of a game pretty easy. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. You don't want to be, I hate when people say you want to start early because nobody comes up and says, Hey, let's go out there and start real slow. But I, I do think that it is imperative that Tennessee takes the crowd out of the game, especially when you talk about, I'm getting long winded here, but linebacker Keenan Philly and center Cooper May, but I don't believe Cooper is going to play. And those two guys handle a lot of your, your calls at the line and in, in the box. So yeah, I think that that would be my number one concern by far. And I really second wouldn't even be close. I think um, I, I didn't know where you would go or how close second would be to Milton, but I do know that, you know, the, the reviews through two games haven't been what you would have liked for him to be for a guy who is the clear-cut guy at QB1 for Tennessee, Joe Milton. Um, Does it help that Florida offensively isn't necessarily great either? Yeah, so this sounds 
insane after watching this offense with a lot of the returning parts and a lot of star power back. But, Maurice, what if this team is a little bit more defensive-oriented? They play vertical. They turn in some big plays. I think they're the best they've been in a long time. What if they're a team that continues to be the number one team in the conference and running the football, which they are? You know, what if they're winning games 38 to 13 instead of 62 to 27? I mean, what's really the difference at the end of the day? So I'm not saying they're hunkering down and going to become a, a rushing team that depends on defense like a, some of the Ravens teams back in the past, but I do think you're going to see a slight shift. And um, I think the, the thing about Joe Milton, I wrote about this, they had a, a players-only meeting. He took the blame for those incompletions, and some of them, those passes, should have been caught. So um, I think he's a great leader. I think that you know he just um, needs to work on that aspect of his game as far as touch. And um, I think Tennessee, the interior of their offensive line, will be tested more so they've been in the per- first couple of weeks. I'm interested to see how they respond. I'm interested to see if one particular interior offensive lineman plays. Are we expecting Cooper Mace? I would really, at this point, say that's 50 50. Um, and okay. I know that's good. That's better than I know. Yeah, I mean, I and yeah, I know that Cooper is a part of what we do at Off the Hook Sports, and I specifically have not asked him about that uh, on or off the record. And but I think, based off what I'm being told by other sources, that it's it's a real 50-50 situation. They certainly want him to play because then you can slide all the rain back to left guard. I mentioned the interior of the offensive line, uh, untested to this point, but I think that Cooper is smart enough that he's not going to go out there until he's 100% ready. I mean, his plans are to go to the NFL next year, and even though he has a year of eligibility remaining. So I think that's 50-50 at this point for sure. You know, Dave, you talk way, about driving down the By the way, I'm just driving down the interstate, and I see Welcome to Knoxville, and it's got Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren on a billboard. So, say one thing, uh, those hopefully. are the two guys you want on offthehooksports.com. <laughs> hopefully that's a good sign. Yeah, maybe, that, maybe that's an omen there. Dave Hooker from Off the Hook Sports joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. You know, Dave, you talked about that players-only meeting that, that followed the Tennessee win over Austin P. The, the unimpressive Tennessee win over Austin P. You know, what, what do you feel like prompted that? What do you feel like came out of it? I think they weren't pleased with the way they practiced last week. I think for the first time, this team with some success got maybe a little bit complacent. I think that um, – it was very positive. We'll see exactly how that turns out if they make it a positive thing. But, um, yeah, I don't think they were happy with how they played. And that's way different than it would have been in the past, guys. Because in the past, Bush Jones would have gone out there and said, that's a better than you think Austin Key team. They're going to beat a lot of teams. That was a great win by the balls. And I could tell that you guys could too. Josh Heifel wasn't happy after the game. I don't think his players were. As one person within the program told me, it was, quote, embarrassing. Hmm. 
Well, glad to see some accountability there for 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 a poor weekend. We we actually talked a little bit about practice last week, and and you know your mind isn't always in it when it's a team like Austin P, and and so it's understandable, but it's not what you expect from a team that has you know, SEC championship and college football playoff aspirations, you feel like, you know, you got to, you got to show up every day to go to work. And so what you feel, do you feel like that that's what this team will be doing going forward each and every day? Well, I would, I would certainly hope so. And I, again, I like the fact they held a players only meeting after a win. You know, it would be easy to say, I want my Sunday, I want my time off, I don't want to go meet, because that's kind of their one day to get away. And um, I, I thought that was very significant. So, you know, they're lucky that didn't happen against Alabama or Georgia or even a UTSA, San Antonio, who they'll play coming up. But because that's, that's not a bad football team, guys. That's a pretty good football team, actually. And, um they're, they're lucky it didn't cost them an L, but I think that tells you kind of where their standard is of expectations, not just ours, but theirs as well. Well, obviously, and Mo has asked me to frame it another way, but I don't know how to frame it any other way than Tennessee has not had much success against Florida in the last 20 years. <laughs> so, you know, how yeah. how is this? I've got, I've, got a, I've got a son in I've got a son in college and he wasn't even alive the last time they beat uh Florida in Gainesville. So that tells you something. So I mean, how do they do it this weekend? I, because the fact is that they've gone down there with better football teams. With with teams who are better than Florida Gators and have not won. So how does this team fix that? This team, which is better, oh, it, it, by the way. No question. This team is better than that Florida team, period. Yeah, this is this is definitely the better of the two football teams. Now, if you go back to the 90s, I think a lot of people said that Tennessee had a better team and Spurrier was a difference. I, I wouldn't really agree with that. I think that those were uber-talented Florida teams that, that did have a coaching advantage. But as far as what they do this week, this is going to sound crazy. And for those that want to see, you know, the ball is by Fitty, wherever that came from. Um, I think that you want to see a team that goes out there and completes some easy stuff early, runs the football, establishes themselves on the offensive line. You can still run tempo and do these things. And then you want to see a defense that really shows off how deep they are. Because I think there's a couple of uh, really star players, and maybe James Pierce, um, maybe Arian Carter, and I'm not just talking about this year. I'm talking about the next two and three years. But I think what their real strength is in the defensive front seven is that there's probably about 12, 13 guys, maybe 14, that could legitimately go out there and play in an SEC game and you, you don't lose much of a step. So with the, the humidity, that will be a factor. You know, there's no reason this Tennessee football team can't turn the ball over against Florida two or three times in, in the game. And, you know, you, you start winning the turnover battle and you're going to win. And 
Uh, I just, I think the worst case scenario is that Tennessee goes out, frankly, and plays early like they have the first two games and allows Florida's crowd to stay in it. And uh, that's what you don't want. Yeah, take them out early. Now, <laughs> yeah, or even or, either take them out early or just at least have a slight advantage, seven, ten point advantage. It is a very fickle crowd. I mean, I don't know how many Florida listeners or viewers you guys have, but I'm just going to tell you, I mean, that's, they're, they're not a crowd. I guess every fan base is somewhat like this, but they're not a crowd that's going to go cheer their guts out no matter what. Like a, like a Mississippi State, that, that uh, South Carolina, despite the results sometimes, there are some programs that are still out there. Florida's not one of them. Yeah, I think we uh, I think we lost Mo and Chris there. Um, stand by, okay. see if we can get them back here. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Did you know that up to 80% of us will experience back or neck pain during our lifetime? Many of you are offered surgery or addictive pain pills to relieve your chronic pain. At the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief, we have been leading the way to better health, naturally, and have helped tens of thousands of people right here in Middle Tennessee for the past 30 years. I came to Dr. Gill about 10 years ago after my local doctors recommended surgery. I knew about Dr. Gill and wanted to see if he could help me. 10 years later, I am pain-free, no surgery, and no pain pills. 
skills. Surgery is scary, and over 40% of all back surgeries fail, creating a cycle of surgery and pills. There is a safer solution to your chronic pain. Make the call to the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief today and get your life back. This office visit is normally $299, but call today and receive your initial consultation, report of finding for just $49. But hurry, this offer won't last long. Call 615-768-8743. That's 615-768-8743. Justin, can you hear us? I can. I can hear you a little bit. Dave, can you can you hear us as well? I got you loud and clear. Awesome. Fantastic. Oh well, we um, it's been a wild and wacky Wednesday in every sense of the word. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Chris Yow. The voice that you're hearing is Dave Hooker from Off the Hook Sports out of Knoxville. As we continue to talk a little UT Florida this weekend. What time is kickoff? Six o'clock? Is it a six o'clock kick? Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have internet. You're you're the only one of the three of us that knows, I think. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. I love you. I love you, Central guys. You get to go to bed earlier and watch sports and all that. I need to move over to Nashville, I think. (laughs) Come on. Everybody else is, yeah. Uh, 6 o'clock Central on ESPN for that ball game. And, um, again, Dave, as you guys keep saying, Tennessee has not had a lot of success against Florida, has not had a lot of success at Florida, um, taking the crowd out early or keeping them out is, is huge because when they do get going, it can, it can be, and I've been there, so I'm not telling you what I heard, I'm telling you what I know, it can be a pretty intimidating environment down there. But, you know, like you were saying, Dave, their fans are, are with you win or tie pretty much. So um, if Tennessee can get something rolling early, ideally on both sides of the ball, they will get pretty quiet down there. Yeah, I like that. I've never heard that with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. That, that's right. Now, it's not like in the old days, Maurice. I don't know if you remember this, but in the old days, Florida was the one stadium. This is in the mid-2000s, so it's not that long ago, that you could get a pass out. And so you could – and a lot, of play, a lot of fans did pass out because of this. But you could leave at halftime – Go, uh, I don't know, further, um, further get yourself, uh, feeling good, uh, with, uh, a little bit of, uh, the beverages and come back in. So, uh, that was, that was one of the things they used to do at Florida, which made for a rowdy begin to the second uh, half as long as they got it, got them all back in. But you can't do that anymore. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. Now, well, you can sell, they, they, I don't know, do they sell beer at their stadium? I mean, you can buy beer at the stadium now, so. So you don't have to leave. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Oh, that's your point. I, I, I hadn't thought about that. I haven't been in the stand. I've only been in the stands for a sporting event probably two or three times in, in probably 20 years. So, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but you can buy alcohol nowadays. Well, there's that. Uh, Dave, before we let you go, you know, you mentioned – this defense, and, and I've, I'm going to give the guy all the credit because he 
has not been getting the credit he deserves for this, but uh, Parker Fleming of College Football Stats, he, he puts, or College Football Graphics, he, he puts together some advanced stats stuff. And, you know, as I'm looking at this Florida defense, their defensive success rate is less than 40% of the time do they get to the quarterback on pass plays or uh, or less than three yards for a running play. If that's the case, particularly on the rushing side, Tennessee ought to have a field day offensively against this team. Yeah, it's, I mean, as far as a Florida roster goes, I mean, I can't think of one much worse. It was, you know, Steve Spurrier wasn't known as a great recruiter, um, but guys went there because he, he won, and the defense kind of took care of itself from a recruiting standpoint. Deron Zook wasn't a great coach, but he was a good recruiter. Urban Meyer was a good recruiter. Um, and yet, if Dan Mullen, who just, I don't think he realized how, how tough the battle would be in recruiting with other schools in the SEC. So, yeah, I mean, I, if, if you did a comparative roster uh, to other SEC teams, this might be the worst roster that Florida has, has had in, gosh, 25-30 years. I don't think uh, it's much of an exaggeration, if at all. Well, clearly, this is a – it's not a must win, but it's a you-better-doggone-win situation this, this, and, for Tennessee. And, it, and it's all tilted toward Tennessee, despite the fact that it's in game pool. I mean, it's, it sounds like all indications are that this is Tennessee's game to lose. And is that good? Yeah, and – it's, it's so funny, though. I was just visiting um, with, with someone right when you guys initially called, and it seems like we've, we've definitely had that conversation before. So I guess I'll provide a little bit of a, a sobering backdrop. They're just, whether it was Derek Dooley or Bush Jones, it's kind of like this is the year that this is going to be Florida, and you know, this, this, this is the year there's no way that um, Florida should win. And, and they have ended up winning that game. And this, this is at the swamp. And, the number came out at eight and a half on Sunday. It's dropped to seven. So that, that tells me that a lot of people think it's going to be closer or like Florida's chances, but it still is seven. So that tells me on a neutral field that Vegas thinks Tennessee is about 10 points better. So, um, again, if you take that crowd out of it, then you, you get those three, three, four points back, typically assigned to home team. So, you know, we have had these conversations before. Would I be stunned if Tennessee lost the team? No, I wouldn't be stunned, but I, I would be genuinely surprised. Well, everything points toward Tennessee ought to win. So, of course, battered ball <laughs> syndrome is real. Dave, uh, no matter what anybody wants to tell anybody else, battered ball syndrome is real, and it's particularly real against this particular program. program. So, yeah, Saturday night, 6 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Eastern, ESPN. Dave, we appreciate your time, man. 
thanks for, for sticking back with us after getting <laughs> after we got back on, and, and we look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Yeah, you said something that's very interesting. If I can offer this up real quick, this will this will be the this will be the last time this is a must win game uh, with Tennessee, Florida in September. Because the college football playoff with twelve teams next year, you could easily lose this game and get to a playoff. So I hadn't really thought about that until you said it. Because if you lose this game and then you lose a game at Alabama or against the best team in Georgia, you're probably on the outside looking in. At a fourteen playoff, so it was interesting the way you phrased that. Kind of made my, my gears turn a little bit, and uh, yeah, that's in a way kind of sad. But um, this is this is definitely a must win if you want to get in the college football playoff. No question. Wow, you're you're not wrong. Yeah, and point. really need to win. That, then again, I guess if you lose this one, you can beat Alabama and Georgia and win an SEC championship and still get there. But I'd much rather beat Florida. I, I'm, I'm not sure how logical that <laughs> exactly. is. Exactly. The but, logic but doesn't yeah, fit. It, it's there. It's there. <laughs> Dave, we appreciate you, man. Be safe. Take care, guys. Thanks. All right. We're going to take a short break here, and we'll do Wild and Wacky right after this. So stick around. The weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming up in just a moment. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, I'm no. like, apologies in advance. It sounds like CC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. You miss the radio too. (laughs) As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So. And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, coach. That's it. So when you are on Main Street and you are moving. You gotta love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad someone. It's wild, it's wacky, We're back. it's Wednesday, <laughs> everything's plugged into Mo's computer at this Everything. point. Everything. Uh, I still don't have internet. I have never had this many things plugged into my laptop. <laughs> we laptop. got power, we got the ethernet, we've got the screen, we've got audio, video. It's all looking good from here. It's working out. So let's just go with it. Hopefully go with we get it. through the next six minutes. It is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, and boy is it. We'll start in Florida, of course, where a man from Florida decided that this is not the first time, but Reza Bellucci was 70 miles off the coast of Georgia when Coast Guard officers found him in a, quote, manifestly unsafe voyage while Hurricane Franklin was headed toward the area. He was in what they, what what can only be described as a 
human-powered hamster wheel. 70 miles off the coast? He was going to London. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was going to get lost is what he was going to do. <laughs> he was heading to London. <laughs> he was that direction. He wasn't it. going to London. He was going to get eaten. That's <laughs> what he was going to do. But <laughs> at one point, he refused to get off the vessel, displayed two knives, count them, one, two knives, threatened to hurt himself, and then threatened to blow himself up, at which point Coast Guard officers on site contacted the Navy <laughs> to determine the location of the alleged bomb. And he later revealed the bomb was not real. <laughs> he was. I, I think I'd have just left him out there. He okay, was, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> he was then arrested. Which Ooh. was an improvement over where he was, whether he knew it or not. Goodness. <sighs> he was arrested and charged with obstruction of boarding. Court, court filings show that he signed conditions of bond of $250,000. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was going to London, no? He would. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Oh, let's go up to Boston. Boston. Boston, where a Massachusetts couple says their fears of missing their upcoming wedding in Italy have been significantly eased just over a week before they were scheduled to depart for Europe. Donato Frateroli or Frateroli? Frateroli. Got to be Frateroli. Sure. Of South Boston and his fiance Magda Masri went to City Hall to fill off their intention of marriage forms on Thursday, August 17th, just a week before their flight to Italy, where they planned to marry. Hours after their visit to City Hall, well, they got home, and Chicky, their one-and-a-half-year-old golden retriever, chewed through multiple pages of Frateroli's passport. Good news, you got the marriage license. Oh, yeah. Bad news, you ain't going to <laughs> Well, it turns out they did get a chance. Uh, they received the, the new travel document in time to go to Italy and get married. But could you imagine getting there and saying, the dog ate my passport? <laughs> yes, sure, buddy. <laughs> aren't, aren't you a little old for this one? <laughs> How many times you try that one with your English teacher? Right. Oh, the dog God. ate my own. No, buddy. No. Good try, though. Good try. All right. Finally, we go back to Florida. To Gainesville. That's right. Okay. Where a Florida man is in custody. And Wilmo, there's no other way to put it. He stole an excavator. Drove it along Southwest 42nd Street, knocking down power lines before landing in a Walmart. What you gonna do? Dig it up? I uh, took the excavator, ran through the wall of the Walmart, and here we are. All I'm saying is. How did they not get to him before the Walmart? Yeah. It's an excavator. How they don't go it? fast. Was it the ones with the with the tracks, or did it have actual tires? I don't or? know. This I is, can't see the excavator. Oh, I yes, have, I can. It's tracks. 
Yep, it's tracked. How far did he go? Wherever Walmart was, but he made his way. He found it, and now Walmart don't have a... He tried to go in the automotive section, though. He think he just needed an oil change. Well, he didn't need an alignment. <laughs> he certainly did not need an alignment. Oh, goodness Oh, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to Dave and Heather and Terry. We'll be back tomorrow at... Two o'clock here on Main Street Sports Center, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone Joint with Preps Thursday. See you then.